Hello everyone, welcome back to the BYBB Rewind. It's been a little while, but we're back. I'm Aton. And I'm Kevin, and welcome to episode 13 yes. of the Rewind. Um, this episode will be covering Backyard Big Brother Season 7. Yes, which we did in late September of this year. Uh, surprisingly, we were able to get it done. Now, um, I don't know, um, just to remind everyone, uh, there's a pandemic going on. It's called uh, COVID-19. Um, and uh, it really fucked our shit up this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It definitely caused us to, gave us a lot of stress doing this season, especially since we were sort of lured into a false sense of security of things, po- you know, numbers were getting really low in Canada and things were getting better. And then, I mean, it, we kind of had this feeling and, like, we were told by some people that, like, you know, once school starts up again in September, you know, things were probably not going to go well. And what sucks for us is that if this season had been an alumni season, I think we could have made it happen in August when everything was hunky-dory and the numbers were at, like, 100 cases a day for all of Canada. Yeah. That's it. But now we're at, like, freaking. A thousand in Toronto, in Ontario, in Ontario, yeah, which is nuts. But uh, as like we said, it back in, back uh, a couple months ago in the summer, numbers were super super low, and we had been taken um, out of phase three, mm-hmm. um, or was it phase two? Anyway, uh, we were back, or like we were back in phase two, so we could. Uh, we could do things as long as the numbers were low. Exactly. Yeah, I think at the time you could have, you could have a uh, hundred and fifty people outside or whatever, and you could have fifty people or a hundred people inside or whatever. So, the essentially when we started planning the season, it was everything was sort of you know getting semi back to normal. We knew that we'd have to you know be very careful about things, um, and especially with it being. Um, in the, in the fall, we knew that, you know, as long as the weather was okay, there'd be enough, you know, uh, ava- available space for people to keep their distances. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we decided that we were going to do a season. We'd been dying to do one for a long time, and so we decided, um, as long as numbers stayed, uh, relatively low, mm-hmm. and we were legally allowed to do it, that we were going to do a season. So we picked, um, uh, the weekend of September 19th and 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured it was close enough to the, like, we figured it was a good week to do it. Yeah, because essentially we don't do them when it's a long weekend. And so there was the Labor Day weekend and um and and also so it was kind of the most available weekend after Labor Day because we had been sort of dying and waiting so long to do one. But that's the thing, it was juxtaposed with the fact that this being a new player season, we always knew that it was so difficult sometimes to get players and so we wanted to leave ourselves enough time to handle all the new people coming on and then people dropping out and then us finding replacements and there's just that scramble that happens and we did have hope that we could get um, uh, like a group of new people easily because a year had passed and all the people who had played in previous seasons had gone out to their friends and gotten people. And that was sort of the case with season five the previous year. 
we were able to get people very easily. Yeah. And, and we got everybody. But then season six was complete nightmare getting people. And I think that was mainly because we had sort of used the well, bled the well dry um, for five. And then six, there hadn't been enough time for people to redevelop an interest or really sort of cast the net out to their friends. So this was a full year later. So we actually had a good four or five people from the get-go that all we knew all we had to do was message them. Yeah. And just ask because they had been recommended through friends of friends as we usually do being like, Hey, I told my friend about this and they are really interested. Like let them know when the next season is. Yeah. So I started reaching out to people um, that one of the first people I reached out to was Jenna. Uh, She's a friend of Michael Pez's, the winner of season one. She did the Wendy's like watch party for Big Brother Canada with him and Jojo from season four. So she's a huge Big Brother fan. Um, Pez had told her how great it is, and so she was an immediate yes right off the bat. So I was happy to finally nail her down for a season. Um, We also got... Uh, One of the first other people we got as well was Josh. Oh, yes. So Josh was um, is Dahlia's boyfriend. Dahlia, the winner of No Exit. And this is the thing. um, We... Josh had come, had been over, not during a Big Brother event, but he had come over for a Christmas party at one point, and that's the thing, Dahlia had, you know, obviously told him about Big Brother, the fact that she'd played three times and that she finally won, and especially her sort of traumatic <laughs> journey on No Exit, he didn't even, like, it is the thing, he had never come for a finale, both finales that she'd been in, I don't know if she was dating him during Deep Freeze, though, so, but... And so we didn't really, we couldn't really gauge um, when we had met him previously whether he was interested in this or whether or not he saw what Dahlia had gone through and was kind of like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) But so she said he was interested. So we were like, okay, like that's, that's cool. He's another member of the uh, Toronto comedy community. Mm-hmm. So so we know they tend to, you know, do well. And, you know, with having someone like, I mean, like Dahlia having played. And so he, I feel like maybe he kind of knew a little bit of what to expect. But the fact that he had never physically been here, I think that that was kind of uh, a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, but I, I, I reached out to him. I asked him. He said he was down. And so he was another person that we locked down. Um, Daryl and Twan, who uh, had played on No Exit, they were two of the three newbies from No Exit. They gave me a bunch of people. Um, they gave me their friend Andrew, who they played dodgeball, dodgeball with. Um, the, uh, and um, Meredith. Or that well, Meredith is a friend of Dennis's. Yes, Dennis gave us two players. Oh, yes. Claire and Meredith. Yes. Um, yeah, and so that's the thing. Right off from the start, we had a bevy of people. And yeah. that's the thing. Uh, thanks to, you know, Tuan and Dennis for, for for giving us these people. So even from the start, we had, like, that's, like, five people right there. Mm-hmm. And then this is when uh, other people started to trickle in. Yes. Um, for example, uh, Michelle Nash uh, messaged me and told me that uh, she had a coworker that was very interested in playing from the uh, weed dispensary that she works at called Melody. I I'd never met her. I didn't know anything about her, but she was like, she's cool. She's a DJ. Uh, she's 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 fun and she's uh, she's interested in playing. So I reached out to Melody. She was down, and so I was I was happy to have her. And also um, Ashley. 
which, oh, yeah. which was uh, obviously is a friend of Pez's. Yes. Uh, she works with him at the distillery. Or Nickel Nine? Yeah, I think she, she or she's at least a bartender. Yeah, yeah. she's there. She helps him out with stuff, and they also do a Big Brother um, like recap videos together as uh-huh. well. So Called a Big Brother Rewind. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Our lawyers will call you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, and. Uh, and, and Ashley is a super Big Brother fan. We knew this about her. Uh, Peza told us that she'd also played, uh, she'd played in uh, Nick's Big Brother. So we knew that she was, she knew, she, she was somebody that I feel like we never had to worry about dropping out because she had sort of gone through an experience before. Mm-hmm. So we, she, she, I think she understood, and also being friends with Pez, she understood how much work and like, that this is a thing, not a joke. Kind yes. Of thing. But that's just to, to say, Everyone that was on this season was very good at responding. Mm-hmm. It was very nice to have a bunch of people who, and maybe it was because of COVID, maybe because nobody had anything going on in their lives. Everyone was very responsive over social media and uh, was very honest about, you know, like asking questions and and responding with pictures and their bandana colors. And it made casting a lot easier. A lot easier, especially because like um, with COVID, uh, it was making things a lot easier harder and a lot more stressful so the fact that the cast was so responsive and easy to get a hold of made made things a lot easier so i thank them for that Mm -hmm. Um, so our cast was was pretty full at this point and so at this point we also had on the back burner two people two people yeah uh yes we had uh owen who uh went to uh i went to university with owen and michelle nash we were all in the uh, theater program at u uh u of t mississauga he wasn't he was in the year below me i think um but uh michelle nash messaged me and she was like i just saw owen i talked to him about big brother he wants to do it but he's super nervous about doing it but i think i can talk him into playing so i reached out to him and he gave me a i think i want to play but give me some time to think about it and mm-hmm. i said okay but in my head i secretly knew it didn't seem like covid was the reason that he was nervous about playing it just seemed like he was n- nervous about part about playing yeah so i was like i think i can talk him into it but i'll give him time i'll give him time and then the other person was noah who i who was in the cast with me and brianna the winner of the mole season two uh we had all done a production of the heidi chronicles at alumni theater together um earlier last year and that's the thing you couldn't really gauge whether noah was interested or not and it was kind of the thing where it was like he had messaged you saying that he would well, he wanted to see what was going to happen with COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, because we couldn't gauge his interest and, you know, with, with, as the, sh- as the production got closer and closer to the day and numbers started to get actually worse and worse, we had kind of written Noah off. We were like, he's not going to do it. Yeah. At this point, uh, we were, was, we get sort of pessimistic at a certain point with people and, and at that point it was a certain thing with Owen as well. We were like, oh, I don't think Owen's going to do it anyways. So we essentially were treating those two as if they weren't on the cast and that we would just try to fill as many spots as possible. And if we ended up having a surplus of people, then we would deal with that bridge when it came because we were not going to get stuck in the same position as season six and have there be less than nine people because like it was, it just like looks unprofessional and it's not as, I feel like it's not as full of an experience when there's less people that you have to sort of, you know, navigate because it is a social, sort of a social game. Yeah. So, so 
at this point, we were actually dealt some bad news as well. Yes. Um, because both Claire and Andrew both uh, informed me with like a month to spare that uh, they had to drop out for different reasons. Um, it was disappointing. Um, I was particularly excited uh, for Claire. She just seemed like, um, she like I follow her on Facebook now. She seems really funny. And uh, hopefully we can get her, we can get her playing soon. Cause I had a high hopes for her. Yeah. And that was the difference this season. The people that ended up dropping out, not playing were all, all had legitimate ex- reasons and also were very adamant about playing in the future. There's times where we sort of get ghosted by people and we get sort of the bullshit response of yeah. like, oh yeah, like maybe next time. But like these people are like, no, no, I really want to do it next time. So it'd be nice if it's like these people end up, it ends up coming full circle and they do play on the next season because then it's like there, that makes casting even easier. Yeah. So Andrew and Claire dropped out, which then put us in a bit of a predicament because we were stuck in this position of like, oh, we have we have like six locked down and six six or seven and then that's the thing and then there was Owen Owen and Noah and who we were, were like, tentative yeah so we didn't want to get fucked over if Owen and Noah um, decided that they weren't going to play yeah so we decided to do something that we had never done before which was um, reach out to a Big Brother Canada Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, we, I talked to the uh, manager of the Facebook group, and I was like, hey, uh, we're planning on doing our own, like, Backyard Big Brother game in September. Um, could we post an ad to see if anybody on the group would like to play? And um, he, he said that that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, Kevin created this really, like, fancy-schmancy-looking ad. And so we posted it, um, and... Uh, Say and told people that if anybody was interested in Toronto and available for that weekend, reach out to me and I could uh, tell them more about it. Yeah. So essentially, we uh, placed the ad, and then you like this was this was a a big step for us because, like I said, we a lot of the time we go with a friend of a friend reference. We want to, you know, we don't want crazy people to come and play. We don't want people that, you know, there's no friend to vouch that they aren't going to, you know, fuck up our house, steal from us, do all this stuff. Whatever. So, so it was tough. And we were like, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, see what type of people respond. And if we don't have a good vibe about the people, we are not desperate enough to say yes. We're only going to say yes to the people that we have an okay vibe about. Yes, exactly. So... I think right off the bat, you got a message from Karen, right? I think Kaylee was the first okay. person. Yeah, Kaylee. Um, uh, she said she uh, she said she was interested. She wanted to know more about it. I told her about it. Told her um, all about our COVID safety precautions. And she was um, pretty interested. She said yep. she'd be down and she wanted to play. And that, and um, she'd send me her, her deposit and she was in. Yes, that was a positive thing about the people that we got from the Facebook group. Was that because the ad says that you need to pay in order to have your slot reserved. We got the money pictures and bandanas choices from them. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. There was no. There was no like, oh, like three weeks after we asked for money, like people finally trickled in. Like it was like, no, people were like right away paying us, which was, which, which was good in regards to like a trusting thing with these new people that are complete strangers. Yeah. So, uh, Kaylee, um, messaged me and she was in and then maybe like five minutes later, Karen messaged me and she's a student from U of T and she, uh, she, I had told her all, I, answered all of her questions and she said she said that she was super interested and wanted to play as well and so I got a good vibe from her and I said yeah you're in you're in 
And then, maybe like 10-15 minutes later, this guy Corey messaged me and said he was interested. And um, he said he was available. And I did some research and I noticed that he and Kaylee were mutual friends with each other. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. So I never got an official response from them, but I messaged Kaylee and I was like, hey, this guy Corey that you're mutual friends with on Facebook says he wants to play. Do you know him? And she was like, yes, we're, uh, yes, I, uh, I'm friends with him. He's cool. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and I was, so I was like, okay. Um, so I said, this is, this is the exact number that we need. So I told Corey that he was in the cast as well. And, um, it was later, it was like a week later that, um, I saw that Corey changed his profile picture to a photo of him and Kaylee together. So I was like, I think they're a couple, but they never told us that, which yeah. it was fine. We've had couples play before, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. I was like, <laughs> I think we've got a secret couple on our hands, so this will mm -hmm. be interesting. Um, yeah, so... With that, that put us at the right, like, that put us at, well, actually, that put us at eight. That put us at eight if we didn't count Noah and Owen. Yes. So, we were still sort of looking around for people. I know we had some people tentatively, we were, we were discussing with different people, but um, ultimately, it was like the two-week mark rolled around, and all of a sudden, Owen and Noah, like, almost on the same day, very close together, both said, I'm in. I'm in. And we were like... With Noah, that was especially shocking because of the COVID numbers having been getting worse and worse. Yeah. But he was ready to do it, and we're, I was like, okay. Part of me, I still kept... I was just so jaded from season six that I was just like... I was like, it's fine. I was like, but I was like, I don't know if he's going to show up. And I was like, I was like... I'm still, I was like, I'm still counting him as number 10 then. Yeah. And that's the thing. We only usually need nine people. So the fact that having a... We could possibly have a 10th person if Noah and Owen both show up was like was like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So I went through the process of making sure that there was, like, a 10-person competition and a 9-person season. Mm -hmm. So that, because, like, slight, some of the stuff on day one would be slightly different given the number of house guests that there were. So that's the thing. This is where, in the last week, everything is at its highest stress point. You would expect us in the final week to be stressed because we are not we do not have enough people and people are jerking us around and dropping out and just being and just us just being so frustrated about the whole thing this season could not have been more the opposite of that yes. it was legitimately the entire cast was just radio silent and like cool see you on saturday and they we were, were like yeah we were like okay and so that's what made the decision to go ahead with this season I, it was really the thing that solidified that we were going to do it because with the numbers going up and the weather possibly going back and forth and we had, and, and it was just the entire week hearing through the grapevine that, uh, that, that Rob Ford, Doug Ford, Doug Ford, Doug Ford, <laughs> Doug Ford was going to announce a rollback in the restrictions and stuff like that. So we were nervous that if he brings it back down to like a meeting, meetings of five people, we're fucked. We can't do it. Period. And it will be at the last minute. And naturally, it was on the Thursday before Doug Ford has his freaking press conference and rolls everything back really severely to the point where you can only have 10 people inside and you can only have 25 people outside. So that immediately caused a problem because if there are 10 house guests and the two of us hosting, let alone the 
four or five people that wanted to come and watch the season. We can't have them inside. We can't have any of the competitions inside. And it also cannot rain or anything on the weekend. There was just so many things that were like, whoa, I don't know if we should do this. I don't know if we should do this. And we went through a period even before that on the Wednesday night and the Thursday of us having a phone call and being like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like we were, I, I was, I phoned Aton from work after the press conference on Thursday and I was sitting there on my lunch break and we were like, we need to decide right now. Yeah. What are we doing this? Can we make this all outside? And the lucky thing was, is that it was, it was another factor in the fact that like we can do this was the cast, no one wavered on the cast. We- I double checked. I double checked with everybody because Doug uh, Doug Ford did make it official mm-hmm. about uh, the number restrictions, and so I was like, and so I double checked with everyone in the cast, being like, "Hey, um, with the with the with the new announcement, we're gonna have to do." 90% of the competition outside. So are you comfortable with that? Because it's going to be a little bit chilly. So are you comfortable with dressing warm? And we're basically going to have you inside one at a time for comps or if you need to use the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. And everybody responded. Even Noah and Owen being like, fine with me. I'm still down. <laughs> I still want to play. Yeah. And we were like, okay. Yeah. So, and then that, along with the fact that the weekend was supposed to be like... A little chilly, but only like 13 or 14, but blue skies and sunny. Which is good, because if there was an ounce of rain on any day, on day one or day two, we'd be fucked. Completely fucked. Yeah, because there's no place to hide under. We have no, like, awning or anything like that. And we're not going to make them stand out in the rain for hours. No, not at all. So, the day, so we had just, that's what we had decided, and, and... We rejig. I reworked some comps. Luckily, a lot of the stuff was outside. Yeah. So it really worked out. Um, I feel like a lot of like the obviously the indoor seasons, everything is inside. But even the veteran seasons, like All Stars that we had outside, there was a lot of indoor stuff. So luckily, we didn't need the TV for a lot of stuff until the later portion, where there were less people and we could get away with having the right number inside. Yes. So we made sure to. Not once did we break the law, mm-hmm. and we made sure that uh, if people had to be inside, there would be no more than there would be no more than seven people yeah. inside at a time. Um, and we definitely had, and I think we we only had about thirteen or fourteen people here in total outside at a time. Yeah. And as a result of the restrictions, we had essentially we had to shortlist all the people that were um, coming to help or watch. We we you know we knew the people that had sort of asked first or, you know, it, there's certain people have priorities over others just because of, you know, whether they've helped us in the past or how much they've mean to them, stuff like that. So, yeah. so we, we had to pare that down so that, you know, even if they were around, there wouldn't be an over amount, like a, a surplus of people inside. Um, so all of that goes well. Um, literally not, the night before we have all 10 people and it's just like eerily, Quiet, quiet, and but we are still like me, not so much. I was ready to go. We were doing this. I had set my mind to it. Obviously, we were doing this, so I was ready to go. Aton, you were still frazzled. You were frazzled until all ten people showed up and we started doing comps. I mean, I was frazzled two weeks. Like it was, I was frazzled the two weeks leading up to and day. Like I didn't get any sleep. Mm-hmm. I was, I was a mess. Yeah. I was really a mess. But um. We, it's the morning of? 
And we get, uh, that's the thing. This, like, this would normally piss us off, but, like, because of COVID, we told if anyone is feeling any type of way that they think that they could be sick, do not come. Don't come. I'll give you your money back. Like, only come if you're feeling completely, like, perfectly healthy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's no shame this season only. If you're not feeling totally fine, tell me, don't come. Yeah. And... The morning of, I get a message from Meredith saying that she's not feeling great. She woke up with kind of a sore throat and a runny nose. Um, and, and this was at like nine nine in the morning, so mm-hmm. she didn't have to show up for another three hours. Um, but uh, so I so I was like, give it an hour, see how you feel, and let me know. And an hour later, she messaged me saying she's feeling even worse. Uh, and I'm like, and I'm so I'm like, so I'm like, it's fine. I'll refund you. Don't come. Thank you for being honest and letting me know. And hopefully, we can get you on for season eight. Yeah. So it's it's fun. And so we had our buffer. Um, but now that we're back to nine, we were like, nobody else can do that. Yeah. So we were in our freaking situation as usual, where we're like, kind of like hearts racing, kind of got that like sick sinking feeling of like, oh God, if someone just is an asshole and doesn't show up, like, what are we going to do? So, but slowly but surely people start to show up. Um, and that's the thing. This season was very important. We had, uh, I had counted and I had realized that 49 house guests had played this game, um, over the previous nine seasons that we'd done. Um, Obviously, because of all the alumni seasons, um, you don't double count people. Like, so. 49 different people have played. Yes, yes. So, we, I, I made it a special power this season that, um, that if the first person to show up on, the, on game day would be the 50th house guest. And that person would get uh, a special power. This, the theme of this season, uh, for Big Brother Season 7, was, like, retro suburbia. So, we had, um, a lot of the stuff we moved outside. So, we had a wall of, like, old-style TVs with, like, what was on the television screens was, um, ads and different, uh, images related to past seasons on the show. Um, and the powers were, um, these, like, uh, grocery store coupons. Yes. And the... 50th house guest would receive one that was a 50% off coupon. And this 50% off coupon would allow that house guest, before, right after nominations, to take a house guest off the block and replace them with anyone they wanted to. They can do this anonymously, but it had to happen after nominations, but before the power of veto. So that way, the head of household had the ability to win the power of veto and maybe try to fix their nominations back to the way they wanted it to be. Right. Um, so we, we just put that on the chair, and we just waited and waited. And the first person to show up was Melody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and um, I think, did she have pink hair? She did have pink hair, yes. Yeah, yeah so I did. So she shows up, and I'm like, who? Because I'd never met her before. And the photo that she sent me, she was a blonde. And, and she is probably the skinniest person on the season. So because it was cool out, she had a hat on and a jacket. She just, like, looked like she was so bundled up. We were like, who, who is are that? You? And, and she's like, it's me, Melody. And I was like, oh, hi. Yeah. Um, so I was happy that she showed up. And I and I pointed to the specific chair that had the power on it. And she read it. And she was like, oh, shit, I just showed up. And I already have a secret power. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, Melody showed up. 
And then people started to trickle in, and we'd set up a big semi, a big circle of yep. chairs that were all distant apart in the backyard. So people, and that's the thing. This season was a little bit of a change because, and I think someone commented on it later, being like, "Oh, you should do nomination chairs." And I'm like, "We normally do nomination chairs, but we didn't want you guys switching chairs all Touching the time. Everything. So it yeah. was just like in this season, it was kind of just like." You stayed in your seat no matter what, and people yeah. just had to remember who was nominated and this and that. So, um, everyone starts to fill out their chairs. Luckily, like, the people that are a little on the late side message you. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, the two that the two that told me that they were coming a little bit late were Owen and Ashley. Owen was, fi- uh, f- I think, finishing up some work nearby, and Ashley just had a subway ride from hell. Uh-huh. Um, and she was super worried because um, the people that have shown up last have been targeted before, mm-hmm. and she, she knew that, and she definitely didn't want to... Um, uh, be the last person and be targeted, kind of for no reason. But uh, she was the last person to show up. To show up, she only she only came maybe like two or three minutes after Owen. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, so she was the last person to show up. But she didn't. She really didn't make people wait. No, long. this was not a Jackie situation. Yeah. Like where everyone had to wait an hour. Everyone was actually quite prompt this season. Yeah. So, um. So everyone shows up, and we sort of, we, you know, roll into it. Uh, we have uh, the table with the keys outside. Everything everything has just been moved outside. Yeah. We repurposed the basement as the HOH room, which no one really used, so it didn't really matter. And um, everything else, we had hand sanitizer set up everywhere. Everywhere. We had masks, but nobody really even took a mask. Everyone brought their own. Yeah. So it was, it was good, and everyone... You know, everyone heard the rules. We made our spiel about, you know, proper etiquette and all this other stuff. And, yeah, so that all went well. And then we pretty much just rolled right into the first HOH competition. competition. Yeah. Yep. So, um, because it's a newbie season, um, nine new players. So, uh, we started with the uh, first HOH competition that we always do. It's raise your glass. So, everyone had to balance a plastic cup of water on their hand. Um, and uh, on one hand, outstretched straight in front of them. And um, the last person to have their cup still balanced on their hand would be the first HOH of the season. Uh huh. Now, as soon as we say go, we had it was like it was like Carly and like Jacques and Matt. Like there was like not e- a second might not have even passed before a cup hit the ground. Yes, and uh, immediately Noah's cup just boom immediately hit the ground. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if it was if he had bad bad balance, but that's what happened. Yeah. So Noah falls, and then it's it's. Like, it's like a, a trickle of people. There was actually a large period of time where nobody fell. And I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, people are pretty good at this one. Mm-hmm. But slowly but surely, people start to drop. And it's like, towards the end, it's like the last four, are like Josh, Karen, Jenna, Owen. The, yeah. Like, those, those, yeah. Are, those are the people. And so then Josh drops. And then I believe Karen. And then it's Owen and Jenna who are actually surprised, standing right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And this was a season... I was like, there was no deals. Everyone was just, like, quiet. Um, that ended up being kind of a thing this season, though, whereas there was, like, we feel like there wasn't a lot of, like... Scrambling? Scrambling or, like, in, like, like uh, making deals and stuff like that. Like, it was... It, everyone was kind of a little hesitant at the beginning to just, yeah. like, be straight-laced. So, comes down to Jenna and Owen, and 
Owen wins the first head of household competition. Mm-hmm. He seemed, uh, he, he, like, he was, with Owen, it was very interesting. He seemed very happy to be there, a little overwhelmed by the experience. I think because he just, he was putting a lot of pressure on himself to do well. Maybe because uh, Michelle Nash was hyping up, hyping him up or something like that. But, um, yeah, he, he was... I think he kind of realized that he was the first HOH, and he was like, oh, crap, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if there was a lot of talking right away. Um, one thing that I noticed right off the bat was some people were talking, but one person that literally s- sat on his chair the whole time and didn't talk to anybody was Josh. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing. We expected Josh and Dahlia to show up around the same time. We knew they weren't going to stroll in together. Yeah. But I guess Dahlia was busy doing something that morning. So uh, so Josh showed up by himself. And, and other besides the introductions, he kind of didn't say much to anyone. So he was just sitting there kind of like next, like his chair was close to Ashley's. They were just sort of chit-chatting. But like he wasn't talking any game. And I and I wonder if it was that Dahlia was coached. Like, I don't know if he was coached by Dahlia to, to be like, you know, like, lay low for the first little while. Don't try and talk... Don't try and overplay too hard too f- too soon. Yes, especially considering her thing was that, like, she was trying to be buddy-buddies with everyone, and it... Bitter in the bitter ass. In the ra- bitter in the ass. And she wasn't even being, like, insidious. She was just being honest and, like, being nice to everyone. And they yeah. were like, no. Yeah. They don't trust her. So, so yeah. So, he was being super quiet. Um... That's the thing, yeah. Everyone, like, that's the thing. This sem- this circle of chairs, everyone was kind of, like, glued to them. And we were like, guys, go. Like, we gave you 15 minutes to go and talk to people and try Like, and- go talk to the HOH. Like, yeah, the d- HOH not, isn't going to know what to do unless you guys talk to them. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the thing. I don't think, I was like, Owen had some conversations. And um, I don't know exactly what, like, h- how he came to this decision it was like he ended up putting up noah and ashley who i think were the first two to drop in the in the competition yes oh yes you're right i totally forgot that he and i and that's the thing i was i was being shady on the live feeds because (laughs) owens essentially his discussion with people was that he wanted to be fair and wanted to be very Travis Ryan's. Just wanted to put up the two people who fell first because it's the fair thing to do. And so it was like, ooh, well, that didn't work out well for Travis, you know, two out of three times. So, like, yeah, um, we'll see if that, if that if he's going to be able to coast through with that strategy. Exactly. So um, he puts up Noah and Ashley for those reasons and, you know, even at this point, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, no one's talked to each other, so it's like, I don't know who's gonna go. Yeah. And, um, I felt bad because, I felt bad for both of them, because I remember I was like, oh, like, Noah fell first in the comp, and like, t- imagine if he gets eliminated, at least he can play in the veto because he's nominated, but like, if he gets eliminated, and it's like, that's all he got to do was play half a second of a competition. That's gonna suck. I was like, that's gonna suck. Same with Ashley. I was like, Ashley wants to be here so bad. And I remember Ashley had said when we'd met, when we'd seen her at a, th- uh, at a, a thing of Pez's, she was like, and Pez had told us as well, that she was like, she feels so nervous and sick that she's going to get cut first. That she's going to go first. And I was like, for fuck's sake. So I was like, like, well, she's on the block week one, so. Yeah. And I felt bad because it was kind of for, other than falling first, 
she had been graceful and and social with people, and she and, was on the and like she's shown a blast, but she's not. That's not even the reason that she's on the block. Exactly. So, um, so Noah and Ashley are on the block, and we they pick players for the veto competition, and the veto competition is called "Won't You Beat My Neighbor." So this was a revamping of the. Zingbot Olympics competition from season six. Yes. Um, you said said it was your favorite competition. So. I really liked just just how it works. Yeah. And the fact that Jackie won it on season yeah. six. <laughs> so in this competition, you essentially are given a task. Everyone has to write down how long they think it would take them to complete that task. The person who writes down the shortest time has to do the task. And the person who wrote down the longest time is up for elimination. If the person who does it in the... Uh, if the person who said they do it in the fastest time actually does it, the person who said that they do it in the longest time would be eliminated. But if the person who said they do it the fastest um, doesn't beat their time that they said they would, they are eliminated. Yes, yeah, so it's a gamble with um, with uh, the your time estimations. So either you're really confident about doing the task, or you find a way to be in the middle all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one was funny because... Jenna, more or less, was always in last. Like, she always uh, estimated the longest amount of time. But this season, (laughs) it was not like season six. Everyone crashed and burned. When they had to do... Everyone that estimated the shortest amount of time and had to do the task, they failed. One after another, after another, after another. And some of them were pretty shocking because it was kind of like, oh, like, we were like, yeah, that time's fine, that time's fine. The first one, how Melody doing the puzzles, as soon as she was like, I can do it in 40... One, no, she one minute. One, one minute. And Aton had practiced this one. It takes a good two and a half. Doing six puzzles that are nine pieces each doesn't sound like a lot, but you have to remember, you have to separate all the pieces, and then you have to fucking struggle getting them into the slot. Yeah, yeah. When she put one minute, I was like, I think it took me three and a half. So I was Ooh. like... Girl's done, and yes, yeah, she she barely got any headway in the in one minute, so she was out. Um, oh, next one was Ashley, oh. and this one she had to transfer balls from um, th- this big bag at the end of the uh, driveway and take the colored balls, separate them by color, and put them in the matching bucket. That was yes. the color, and she. Was on and it's the thing. She could transfer the balls however she wanted. She could shove some in her pocket. She she at one point I think she used her shirt to, to, to shove a bunch in. Yeah, maybe. So she was she was on her way to doing it, and it was just like fumbling with the balls at the very end, trying to get them the right color and the right thing. And I was taking the time, and it was killing me because she was on the block. She didn't want it. She wanted to take herself off the block, but. She was, it was literally, literally two seconds. She took two seconds too long. Yeah. And so, like, she finished the task, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, you did it two seconds over. And And she, but, like, she was very, like, I understand, like, okay, I understand, yeah. but I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then uh, Corey had to shoot three arrows over the wooden gate. The f- His first attempt at shooting the arrow, he broke the arrow. <laughs> and I was like, I guess you're going to have to shoot one of these arrows twice then. Yeah, you're going to have to go and grab it. Like, you, that's your fault. Yeah, so um, it was kind of a mess from the start, and he failed his task. And he only ended up getting, I think, one over. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. so 
Uh, so Corey's out, and then... Oh, and then it's Noah with the dice. Oh, oh one... Noah with the dice was, I think, the second thing. Yeah, where this is all out of order, yeah. but... But no, with Noah... All failures anyway. Yeah, with Noah and the dice. So this one was especially random, but he had to guess how long it would take him to... we ha- Those big foam... We have these big foam dice, and we ha- uh, you had to guess how long it would take you to roll... Uh, a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, and a six. Not, not in that order. Not in that order. You just needed one of each number. Yes, exactly. Um, and so um, it it was like the dice itself was super bouncy and super rolly. So it would take a lot more time to like to for it to stop, and so you could roll again than he thought. And so it came down to he had one roll left. And I was like, all right, if you get a five right, with this a- roll, um, you'll complete the task. And it wasn't a five, and so that was that. Uh, so, final round comes down to, once again, Owen and Jenna. Yeah. Same same two as the HOH competition. Um, so, Owen has successfully played the middle this whole competition, and Jenna has successfully avoided elimination by being in last yeah, every round. Yeah. Yeah. So, final round is a revamp of the roll the marble through the maze. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a brand new maze um, using the um, stucco clay from the uh, old maze, and I found a nice, beautiful wooden board. So, this one was a little... I would say it's a bit easier than the previous maze, because there's no holes that your marble can drop through. But it's a bit more visually confusing. A, a lot of people were... He started... Uh, some people started going the wrong way, I think. It was yeah. a harder, more complicated maze, but yeah. just without the holes. Yeah. So, Owen guesses the faster time and um, goes to roll the maze and actually successfully does it. Yeah. And becomes, like, the fourth person Ever. ever. To win Head of Household and the Power of Veto in the same round. Yes. So, <laughs> and Owen, I think that was another point that I was like, all right, Owen, you won the HOH and the Veto this round. And he was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this is finally where some people start start to kick their games into high gear because... Someone's, um, someone's going home. Someone's going home, exactly. And so I think this is where, we have a photo of this, this is where the fatal foursome um, yeah. uh, becomes an alliance. Because, um, so Noah decides to have an, decides to talk to Owen. I think they're the only, they're the two gay guys on this season. And so they form a twosome alliance, I bet. I think they named the Gay Alliance. Uh-huh. And I think they pulled in two girls that they trusted. They pulled in Melody and Jenna. Essentially, like, it was like, a bunch of them were smoking in the alley, and I, and, and it's the thing, I remember them walking, like, the four of them all sort of ventured down to the complete, like, that's the thing, it's like, if I was one of the people sitting in the backyard, I would have been like, okay, there's like four people gone right now, like, if that's the thing, they were completely oblivious, so... Owen, uh, Noah, uh, Melody, and Jenna all go into the driveway, and Je- I think Jenna's kind of the one pushing it. She, she, and she was kind of, and the thing she was living for it, being like, like, oh, like, it's like, it's, we, it's round one, but we, like, we should make big moves. Like, uh, it should be good to make big moves. And Owen was like, well, I was thinking about, like, I could save Noah, and then we could put Josh up. And Jenna and Jenna and Melody were like, yes, do it, do yes, it. Yes, that's such a big, but like, boss move. Do that. So it was, like, at that point that it was like, okay, I think with those ones, with those people, and that's three votes. He'd have at least three votes to keep, mm-hmm. um, to keep, uh... Ashley. Ashley. So that's all good. At the same time as well, I think, I, I don't know if Noah and Ashley had started their alliance yet, but 
It was like it was, it was like people wanted essentially Ashley to stay. Yeah, that was kind of the thing. She really wanted to be there, and she she seemed she, she just seemed fun to have around. Yeah. So I think nobody really wanted to target Ashley anyway. Yeah. Um. So oh, and, and yeah, that's the thing with Josh. It was like he is a physical presence. He's really tall. He's in good shape. And so he could clearly be a physical threat down the road. Um, and yeah, it sucked because I was like, he didn't even play in the veto. He was one of the three people sitting out. So this was just like a perfect opportunity to get out a potential really strong threat. So I don't blame them for wanting to do that at all. Yeah. So Owen um, uses the power of veto on Noah, takes him off the block, and they replace him with Josh. Yep. So Josh and Ashley are on the block, and... Don't think there was much really going on between this and the eviction. I feel like Josh still wasn't really talking to people. No, I think he kind of knew the writing was on the wall. That's like, because like, why would you put him up as a replacement if they were going to keep him? Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, so the eviction comes around and 6-0, Josh is evicted. And I was like, oh man, like Dahlia's, I like, I don't know if Dahlia's going to like freak out on him or like what's going to happen, but... Whew. Yeah, I, that, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, so, um, so uh, essentially, Josh goes. Josh goes to like the front yard. I remember. I think he was evicted like ten minutes before Dahlia showed up. So I think she gave him a little pep talk, and yeah. that's the thing. Dahlia understands becoming the first juror because she was she was essentially the first person officially evicted from her first season. Yeah, so she knows she knows the feeling. Yeah, exactly. So. Everyone else, meanwhile, um, moves on, and we're doing the second HOH competition, which was called Radio Reflex. Yes. This was one I actually had to change. Um, Originally, this was inside, and on the television screen, um, as each song played, there was a sequence of five songs that would play in each round, and um, their titles would come up on the screen, and at the end of the uh, sequence of five songs, I would ask which song had a specific word in it. Because there were so many people, uh, this is around two HOH, and there's still so many people in the competition, we had to take this to outside. And so, essentially, it was reversed, where I would ask them for the word, and then they would have to listen to the songs, and the first person to buzz in as soon as the, the word was said would um, would move on in the competition, and their opponent would be eliminated. Then they would pick the next two to face off, and so on and so forth. So it was this season's knockout competition. Yes. Um, <clears throat> ironically enough, I feel like this happens all the time, where it's like the first the, the people picked at random to be the first two people to face off are always two people who it's like, that sucks for them. Because yeah. <laughs> it's always two people. It's never two people that are have been invisible up until this point. Yeah. Because it's like... On No Exit, it was Dolly and Daryl. It was like those two... If, and Daryl ended up making it all the way to winning. Yeah. It was like... It, it was, and, and if Dahlia had just gotten rid of him in that comp, then she wouldn't have had to go through everything she went through in the second round. So... And, and, and similar, it was like when Jackie was evicted, she picked both girls on season five to face off. There was only two left. Like, yeah, it was... It was it's very interesting. And so this season was no different... It was Noah and Ashley. The two nominees from round one. Yeah, so it's like, well, only one of you gets to move on in this competition. Yeah. So, Noah beats Ashley, and Noah ends up just climbing up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the final round, it's Noah versus Karen. Because yeah, she she knocked out a couple of people, too. Exactly, yeah. yep. 
But in the final round, Noah buzzes in correctly, and Noah becomes HOH of round two. Yes. So, this is essentially where the, uh, the, the foursome continues to, the continues their motivate, or continues their, uh, what's the word? The control of the house. Yeah. So, um, Noah, um, essentially, that's the thing. With, now with the Fatal Four being formed as an alliance, and I think Noah's starting to develop a relationship with Ashley, mm-hmm. this essentially left the Big Brother Canada group members as the, the, odd ones the targets. Now, nobody knew that they were Big Brother Canada group members. And also, there was... They, they were very low-key and quiet. All three of them. I yeah. expected the people from this group to come in and be very aggressive or, like, game players. Like, they really... They, they were going to just, like, be very cutthroat. But Kaylee and Corey were very chill, and Karen as well. And that's the thing. With Karen coming so close to winning that HOH, I think that put an, a target on her back, for yeah. sure. yeah. So, um, when it came to nominations, Noah had those three people to pick from and essentially decided to put up Corey and Karen. Yes. Um, we, now we had heard at this point as well that, like, Jenna had been getting in Kaylee's ear and being like, I'm like, like, I'm here for you. Like, I got your back. I got your back. We're working together kind of thing. Um, I think she might've been doing the same thing with Karen as well because, which, which we'll get into in a bit. So Corey and Karen get nominated Mm -hmm. and then we move into the veto competition. Yes. Burst your bubble. Uh, a staple, a super fun one, one that's visual, auditory. I don't know. It's just like, it's got everything, this competition. Um, so yeah, this is the spelling competition. We hide Scrabble pieces in blown up balloons. Everyone gets a pin. Um, you pop a balloon one at a time and collect the Scrabble pieces, put them in your bucket. Once all the balloons are popped and all the, uh, Scrabble pieces have been collected, we give everyone a minute to spell the longest word. Whoever has spelt the longest word correctly will win the power veto. And if there's a tie, we go to Scrabble points. Yes. So, um, every, everyone does well this season. Yes, nobody re- nobody messed up. Yeah. Um, and uh, because we ordered some new Scrabble pieces from uh, uh, Amazon, there was even more letters to go around for people, which was nice. Um, and I don't think we lost any in the backyard. We <laughs> did a pretty good job at looking through all of them. So... Um, in the end, Karen proves that she is a little bit of a threat. She wins the power of veto with the word melting. A seven-letter word, which we, which you said is a tie with Tom from season four as the longest word, yes, right? Yes, yes. All right. So Karen wins uh, the power of veto. And so, I mean, this doesn't change a lot because Kaylee is obviously going to be the replacement unless, yeah. like, unless, like, Something, you know, the alliance falls apart immediately, but I, it was like obvious that wasn't going to happen. So with that, it was like, oh, well, the couple short lived their, their, like, their presence in this game together. Mm-hmm. So Corey and Kaylee, uh, Kaylee, uh, Karen comes off the block and Kaylee is the replacement nominee. And I think that's the thing. Corey is essentially the one that is in danger because Jenna, has put her feelers into Kaylee and with Melody working with Jenna. Like, I think that there's a consensus that it's like they can work with Kaylee or manipulate her a oh, bit better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, but, but again, like when it came down to a 
after the veto ceremony and it was t- and we gave everyone like 15 20 minutes to talk and to discuss and to vote and for the and for the nominees to to talk to people nobody really did there yeah. was a lot of kind of chilling out and sitting around and just like sh- shooting the shit but not gameplay talking we were like guys we gave you 20 minutes to go and do this yeah so that was so that, that was kind of the big um criticism is a harsh word but the thing that we noticed about about day 1 was that um the people on the outs they could have definitely pushed a little bit harder to make to make more connections. Yes. And I think that's why the foursome, you know, they were the ones that were doing that. So that's why they were really, um, like, running away with the game on day one. Yes. Um, so when it comes, it comes down to the vote, it is a five to zero, and Corey is evicted from the Big Brother house. Yes. Um, so him and, him and Kaylee reveal their relationship, I think, right away. Do they or what? It's once she's eliminated. Maybe. I think it's once she's eliminated. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's a couple more rounds. Yeah. Um, and so Corey's out, and then we move into the next HOH competition. Yeah. So this uh, this competition is called Pez Dispensers, mm-hmm. and it's essentially the like point scoring frisbee toss competition. This season, however, you can gain points and you can lose points depending on if you land on plus or minus squares. Yes. And also there are Pez point squares, <laughs> which get you uh, crazy monkey points. Yes. And. Those crazy monkey points, uh, whoever has the most at the end of the competition, win a prize pack from Crazy Monkey Vodka. Courtesy of Pez. Pez yes. yes. And, uh, uh, yeah, our sponsorship this season. So, um, so th- this was, this was a really interesting one. And this was one where I think we started to learn, th- this was, this is a very strange round because then we, this is where we started to learn, like, sort of deals that had been made with certain people. Yeah. Because, the competition's going on, and in the early rounds, it's hard to say who's doing the best. It's close. It isn't until we get to, like, the three quarters of the way done, and you reveal everyone's point tallies, that it's like, it. at this point, the competition is between Karen and Jenna. Yes. And in the final round, Karen gets a crazy monkey point. Not a real point. She gets a crazy monkey point. And Jenna gets two points, two actual points, and wins head of household. Yes. Um, but uh, Jen, uh, but uh, Karen wins the prize package, the the crazy yes. monkey prize package for getting the most crazy monkey points. Yes. yes. And so at this point, there is the uh, fatal four alliance, and and then there's Kaylee and Karen. Karen's obviously a target at this point. They all wanted her out last week. She's 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 proven that she's come in second at two HOH competitions, and she won the veto last week. Kaylee, however, is a tricky one because Jenna could have put up Ashley because Jenna is essentially telling Kaylee at this point that she has her back. Yeah, and then she nominates her with Karen. And it was something you asked her at the end of the season. You were like, you didn't think it was weird that <laughs> she, that she that she said she had your back and that she put you on the block. And, and she was like, like, no, I trusted her. And, and I was, was like, like ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the thing. During Jenna's speech, Jenna even says, you bitches got too close. I, yeah, I'm, I'm nominating Karen and Kaylee because bitches got too close. And it was like, just that in itself, unless she's, unless, I guess, unless she had Kaylee believing that she was like, I'm going to make you look like we're enemies. And it was like, okay, I understand that. But yeah, it was just kind of like, a, okay, shots fired. Like, yeah. you two should know where you're at Where right you stand now. with her, yeah. Yeah. So, 
going into the third veto competition, it was uh, Veto Land Vacations. So in this season, we weren't going to do the prize swap competition. Instead, we were going to do like the prize bidding and punishment bidding competition. Mm -hmm. So everyone's blindfolded, uh, usually. And this one, we had kept their eyes open because they have to write down their um, totals. Yeah, yeah. So everyone gets their own um, bidding card. And on it are the names of different vacation packages. Um, most of them being punishments. And you essentially had $100 to split between all of those prize packages. And you had to hope that the money that you put down was more than everyone else's so that you would get the prize pack and the points that went along with it. Yes. So we had done this on season five and she hang one and she did a very, very good job. I think the final point score was like, it was like she had 95 points to... Amy's 70 and everyone else had like 20, 10 or in the negatives. Yeah, yeah. Um, this season, the strategy between the people doing it didn't seem that strong. But what we learned afterwards was that, and what we've kind of deduced is that nobody felt like they were in danger. Literally, even the people on the block were like, were like, they have my back. So I think that's why neither of the nominees... Like, this is an easy one for if you feel super desperate and, like, you're totally cornered. This is an easy one to just, to kind of win, to buy all of the bad stuff. The, the, buy the absolute worst stuff. Yeah. And the fact that on this one, there was the sock puppet show worth 20 points. Nobody bid on it. And that's not even a bad prize. It's funny. Like, we, like, we bought these, like neon uh, wool socks and we glued googly eyes on them and we were so excited for people for somebody to get the puppet show and put on a puppet show with these googly eye silly socks and nobody bought it and we were so disappointed so Ugh. so in the end the point spread was very thin in this one yeah and in the end Melody I think got two punishments yeah and that 45 points was enough to win. Kaylee, um, Kaylee came in second, a close second, but um, yes, Melody won it. And she and the stuff that she won, it wasn't even that bad either. She had to eat a bowl of slop, which was just um, oatmeal with this like blue unicorn pudding that we bought. <laughs> it looked gross. Apparently it didn't taste that bad. And um, what other... Oh, and she had to vote um, publicly. Publicly, yes. yes. So... Melody wins the power veto, thus retaining the power of the Fatal Four over the game. And for, uh, for the first time this season, the power veto is not used. Yes. Um, at this point, it's pretty obvious. Um, Karen is too much of a threat to she'd go been, forward. She'd been on a roll. She'd won, a she'd won one competition and came in a close second to two other ones. Yeah. So, bitch got too close. She yeah. had to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yet, and yet again... Not too much strategizing, and it was a unanimous four to zero. Four to zero, and Karen was out of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So final round of the night. Um, oh, and so this is the thing. Oh, actually, before we get there, yeah, this is an important moment in the game. So um, with the prizes and punishments that were given out during the third veto competition, um, Noah bid on some prizes and not punishments. The people that felt like they were safe could really just go for the prizes, yeah, right? Yeah, Noah had a negative 50 score or something. Because he was just taking all, all of the, the prizes. Stuff, yeah. So what he ended up getting were two things. Ooh. One was an advantage into the next HOH competition, and the other one was a mystery box. Ironically, oh, actually, his advantage could work for one of the next two HOH competitions, so that was up to him to decide. 
What he did decide was that he wanted it for the very next HOH competition. And so that ended up presenting an ironic thing that happened. Because his mystery box said, oh, you should always, like, look at the TVs to see things that you might not know or, like, right in front of you. And the HOH advantage was make sure to study the TVs. And so he was kind of like, what the fuck? That's the same thing. And I'm like, well, technically, yes, but technically, no. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was so funny. Everyone was outside just fucking around, doing, minding their own business. You and I were standing in the driveway talking. And then I look over at Noah walking up the stairs from the basement. And he looks over because on the wall of the deck was where we had all the TV uh, images. And he looks. And he's studying them, because he probably knows that that's probably what the competition is. And then he looks, and he looks closer at the red TV that says, BY, like, BYBBville coupons delivered directly to your door. And then he looks over, and I had fashioned a, um, one of those, um, shoe boxes that has the Velcro, um, doors on it. I had glued a red mailbox thing to it. And inside of it was a coupon. And he walks up the stairs, crosses everyone that's talking in the circle, and no one bats an eyelash at him. He opens up the thing, takes it out, sticks it in his pocket, and literally no one noticed. And if I, I wouldn't have noticed had I not been just randomly looking at him for that one second. So I'm jumping up and down because I'm like, oh my god, yay, both coupons were found, like both might be used. However, there's only two rounds left to use them, and there's only one round left today. So, so Owen, or not Owen, Noah has studied the TVs, and Noah has found the coupon. Mm -hmm. So now we move into the next HOH competition, which is called On the Boob Tube. Essentially, it is the true or false competition about what was in the television screens that were presented outside. Everyone uh, had the chance to sort of see them and study them. Um, And so we moved into that. Um, Noah's advantage helped him. He got five out of seven right in the competition. But with six out of seven, Owen wins his third competition just like that. Very impressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, not too many people win two HOHs in one day, but Owen... Uh, was the first and the last HOH of of day one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, momentum remains in the foursome's corner, really. So, I think it's not too much of a difficult decision. He nominates Ashley and Kaylee, the two people not in his foursome alliance. Exactly. So, yeah. um, at this point, it's like, it's like we, we discussed this heavily because we were like, I don't... Noah obviously had a thing with Ashley at this point. Like, I think he wanted to keep... They, they had a little side thing. He wanted to sort of keep her safe. But Jenna had been blowing smoke up Kaylee's ass this whole time. But, like, <laughs> between the two of them, Kaylee just seemed like the safer bet to keep around. So it would have been very interesting had these nominations stuck. Mm-hmm. For the veto competition, though, it is called Now in Color. It's essentially a repurposing of the Color Decoders competition. And you would like to say made harder. Made way harder. Oh, my God. Instead of just um, remembering a sequence of squares of colors, this time... The sequence, the, the sequ- sequenced, sequenced, uh, the sequences, Jesus, um, it was like hair dryer, car, 
um, uh, lipstick. Yeah, hair dryer, car, lipstick, hydrant, truck, um, bed, whatever, what a blender, whatever. Um, and and like they were all different colors, and then you'd be like, what color was the lipstick? And it's like, oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried. To, you quizzed me on it uh, before, and I'm great at the normal color decoders one. I was crap at this, <laughs> so I was like, dude, like. If somebody gets a score of three, it's going to be lucky. But um, anyway, we were like, you know what? It's it's called a challenge for a reason. So yep. let them be challenged. So uh, we, we we do the competition, and Ashley comes out on top. She absolutely slays this one. Like, yeah. like you said, you had low expectations, and she far exceeded them. That like, It was very, very good. So Ashley gets four out of six right and wins the power of veto. Securing her a spot in day two. Mm-hmm. And so now it's interesting because essentially Owen has to nominate somebody from his own alliance. Yes. They're the only people left that are available to be put up on the block. Um, and ultimately, he chooses Noah. Yes. And so we had a discussion about this earlier where it's like, it's tricky because Owen had said after the season was done, he was like fully committed to the gay... Person, gay lions. The gay lions. Yeah. But... I feel like in Noah's head, this move made Noah feel like he was the lowest person on the totem pole in their group. Yeah. So I don't know if that well, maybe wasn't Owen's intention, but maybe that's how Noah took it. So that's a tough one to sort of suss out about about you know that decision having ripple effects into the second half of the season, which ended up being a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I know on the feeds, we were keeping uh, people updated on the feeds, and when we told people that Noah was the replacement nominee, they were like, oh, like, they could stab him in the back. That could be very interesting. And I was like, I didn't think they were going to do that, just because it's very ballsy to stab somebody in the back right before the comeback. Because it's like, you could do that big move and burn that bridge, but it's like, what if they just come back? Then you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, on the other hand, it's like, if they do that, that's more competition for somebody like Josh or somebody else. Even Karen at this point. Yeah, yeah, Josh or Karen to come back. You know, uh, if they vote out Noah now, that could stop Josh or Karen from coming back. Exactly. So... Um, so in the end, Kaylee and Noah are the nominees facing the vote, and just like Deep Freeze, it is another unanimous three to zero vote, and Kaylee is evicted. Yes, they decide to keep the foursome strong, and they voted out Kaylee. Um, now, and this is right after Kaylee is evicted. This is where um, Kaylee and Corey um, uh, they they kissed. In front of everyone to reveal that they were, in fact, dating the whole time. And I think some people were very surprised, but I think other people, they thought that they saw um, Corey and Kaylee sharing some wine, um, which they thought was very suspicious, especially during COVID. Um, And so I think some people thought that they were dating, but um, even though they hadn't actually been sharing um, the same wine glass or something. But anyway, um, that was the big reveal at the end of the night. And so, um, Kaylee was out, um, and, uh, we decided, uh, um, the game was over for the day, and we, uh, anybody that wanted to just stick around and hang out in the backyard were free to do so. And, uh, quite a few people did for a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, we brought some people in to watch the 15, um, greatest moments, um, and that was pretty entertaining. 
Um, but other than that, we, yeah, it was just um, we were we were really I think relieved. Yeah, <laughs> that um, everything had gone so well and every everyone was having a good time. Literally, it was like I mean they were like the most well behaved cast of all time. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Um, although, at the end of the night, um, a few people got pretty tipsy. I know Jenna got pretty tipsy. Kaylee got quite tipsy. But neither of them got as drunk as you did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was just so stressful. And I never yeah. get to enjoy myself. That was the thing. This season was, um, good in the sense that, like, with all the lack of campaigning going on, um, we were able to move things along quite quickly. Yeah. So, so we, were, we were, like, done both days super early. So I actually had the ability and, like, the time to drink and, like, hang out with everyone, which yeah. was nice. So, this season, um, we actually even agreed that the next day we would um, all meet up at 10.30 instead of noon so that we could just, like, get things going and that maybe the entire... We, we could get to most of the season done before it got dark out because it being fall now, like, it was getting darker quicker. Yeah. We knew the finale was going to be in the dark, but anything before that that we could get out of the way before then, we, we were willing to do so. Yeah. So, um, so... Day two comes along, and everyone comes back. Um, this also presented a little bit of a change as well. Since we couldn't have everyone inside, the people that were still in the competition, we had to get them to leave and go to the park. Right, right. So, uh, Dahlia, Pez, and Dennis, sure. who who decided to defy um, our COVID orders, um, but, but he was definitely, I, to, I had told him he was the next person on the list that we would ask to come. And with Meredith not coming, it actually worked out. We were like, Dennis could have come all along, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, Dennis, uh, Dahlia, and Michael uh, were taken, take, took all of the players that were still in the game, those five players, to the park. And Aton and I stayed with the four Battleback contestants, um, and we presented them with the Battleback competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so this season, the Battleback was called Street to Salvation, and it was a combination of two previous Battlebacks that we kind of wanted to bring back. Um, in this season, however, the house guest had the choice of which Battleback they wanted to do, and they were told what both of them were in advance, and they had to figure out which one they thought would be they'd be better at, and which one would be more time-effective, essentially. Yes. The first one was Cheers to My Return, the battle back from Season 4 that Maddie Hunt won, where you essentially had to um, use food coloring to dye a bunch of champagne glasses filled, filled with water, water. Yep. and then stack them based on the uh, color, like, color combination that was in front of you. Um, if your cups fell, you would refill them, re-dye them, restack them. Yeah, essentially. Um, and once you once you put your thing on the top of the cup, it had to stay there uh, on top of the tower. It had to stay there for three seconds, and then you would be good. Yeah. The other one was called uh, All That Glitters, and it was the season one battle back that um, Matt Knarr won. So both were Matt <laughs> Matt won competitions. Yes. Um, and this one was like a Sudoku. Yes, it was sort of like a Sudoku. You um. And this, we hid cards with di- with uh, diamond pictures on them, different amounts, all over the garden. And you had to find them and then put them on a three-by-three three grid so that um, every column and every row had to add up to 15. So it's a bit of a Sudoku and a, bit, and, and a math and a logic puzzle. So you just had to figure out, are you better at math and logic or are you better at uh, hand-eye coordination? Exactly. So, this was very interesting because 
Um, normally with the battle back, we can surmise like, oh, I think blah, blah, blah will be good at this. I think blah, blah, will be good at this. But this time, we had no clue who was going to pick what. Yeah. And in my in my mind, the Sudoku was less would be less stressful. I might have picked the Sudoku because... But then again, I have seen people do the Champagne Tower, and I get so stressed out for them that that's my bias. Right. Because I would never want to do that one, ever, <laughs> in my life. And I'm the one that brags about, like, oh, I did this one in five minutes when I did, when I planned it. Or I, I balanced all the eggs. I'm like, no, that fucking Champagne Tower, never. You're not touching it. It's a fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, we get him out in order of eviction, right? So, yeah, so Josh is first. Josh is first, and we explain the comp to him, and he immediately runs to the Champagne Tower. Yes, and now, this was going to be ironic and iconic, regardless, because this was the battle back that Dahlia did, way faster than everyone else, but her Champagne Tower fell at the last second. Yeah. So we knew... We were like, I wonder if she has told Josh about this battle back and like, cause this scars her still. She remembers and she's like, fuck it. She was like, I was on my way to coming back and that just ruined her game right there. Yeah. And I remember being so heartbroken for her because I remember when we were doing it, I, I said to her, I was like, hey, do you want like, even want, you want to continue? And she was like, no, no, let me finish. I, I like, I'm not a quitter. Yeah. So, so Josh does it and He's kneeled down in front of the tower and almost like has this, he's almost like hugging it kind of thing, putting the, ta- putting the cups up there, just like really careful. And that last cup on the top is just like his hand shaking and his hand shaking. And I'm like, ah, oh my God, I don't, I hate this competition. <laughs> but he manages to put it on and he completes it without the tower ever falling. Ever falling. Yeah. 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 And that was a big, important thing. Yeah. Um, so... Josh has set in a really amazing time to start, and yeah. now it's just about to see whether or not the other possible battle bat, like, is the diamond one better? Yeah. That's the question. So Corey comes out, and we explained it to him. Uh, we were under the impression he would do the di- all the glitters, right? Yeah, I thought he was going to do the Sudoku one, yeah. But no, he uh, his time starts, and he runs right to, right to the Champagne Tower, just like Josh did. Yeah. Um, I think with him... I think it, I think it fell over it once did. or twice. Yeah. Which essentially ended things there. Uh, he did ultimately get it up at one point. Yeah. Um, I think he was probably the only one that, maybe, I don't know if he said he was going to switch at some point or he's thinking about it, but I don't know if that was like, that would have been, I would have been interested if anyone had done that. Yeah. Tried to switch at one point. Um, so third out was Karen mm-hmm. and she goes to all the glitters. Yeah. And I was like, ooh. So she runs around. What essentially fucks her up is she didn't count how many cards she had. She got back to her thing and started arranging everything and then realized that she had seven. Or she, she, or she, because two are permanently there. Yeah. So she had only grabbed like four or something. And she was missing one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but then uh, she starts to put them and, um, she, uh, she keeps saying, check, check. And, um, I, I keep, I check, I keep checking the math and it's just not correct. Yeah. So sadly, just her having to redo it a bunch of times just burns her time and, um, she's out of the race too. Yeah. So, um, then it all comes down to Kaylee. And so it was interesting to see like, like Karen, the other girl picked the like not stacking one. So it'd be interesting to see what, uh, Kaylee was going to pick. And she immediately runs over to the tower as well and starts to do it. And I'd say that she was probably the least shaky. 
Yeah, hers yeah. was very still. Um, and that's the thing. In the end, it's like she. I'd say that she stacked hers nice and methodically. Um, but I, I was like, I feel like she didn't rush a lot at the beginning. Yeah. And so ultimately, I feel like that is what maybe cost her a bit of time was that some franticness can be good, but also bad at a certain point. So it was very interesting to see how that played out. Um, so in the end, um, I don't know, because we weren't at the park, obviously. Um, we did, um, everyone, when I, when they came back and I asked them, um, you know, uh, who, who do you think should come back? Who do you think should, like, who do you think is going to be back? They, they, they were all like, oh, I hope it's not Josh. Like, and they were all like, oh, Karen, um, like, Karen's really good at stuff. They all were like, Karen definitely, she's definitely one of the two that could come back. Like, yeah. that was kind of thing. Um, and so, the people in the game, they were pretty, you know, mum about, about saying too much. Because I, I think, you know, they're always nervous for some reason. I feel like that it's going to spread around. Like, like all it takes is for someone to be like, this blah, blah, blah. Jenna said she didn't, didn't want, want you back. Like, yeah. really, da, 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 like, I'm not, like, I always think that people think that that's how it's going to play out. However, outside, talking to the jury, uh, this always gets me. It's always worse with the jury. They are always so scared to explain what they're going to do if they go back into the competition. For some reason, and it doesn't make any sense because, yeah, one of you is coming back and the other three aren't. So, so, so just tell them what you're going to do. You're like, I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to go after blah, blah, blah. So, the, the other three aren't allowed to tell that person, so just go like go with it. It's cool. Um, and it's like, if you do manage to make it all the way <clears> to the end, that's three people that possibly have your back. So just, like, be up front, tell them what you want to do, and then, like, follow through with it, and they'll appreciate that. And that's the thing. That was the big difference this season. The jury was all very united. Very. Those four people, Josh, Kaylee, Corey, and Karen were all like, yeah, they're an alliance. We need to go back in there and, and like, we need to break it up and cause a bunch of shit to happen so that it's not so easy for them. And we were like, damn. Good. Okay. Do that. That's what you do. Yeah. And they're like, let's just hope that one of us makes it to the end. And I'm like, that has never happened on one of our big brothers has with has have the first four people out been like one of us needs to make it to the end like they're always like yeah it's probably this person or this person like there's never been a coalition where the, the ghosts are like united united and have talked to each other so it's very interesting mm -hmm. so in the end Josh returns to the game. Mm -hmm. Kaylee put up a very good fight. I think it was like 13 seconds or something. Yeah, but yes, Josh. Went from being the first one out to he's back in the game. Yes. And I know Dahlia was very, like, emotional and very happy to hear that. And that he managed to overcome the champagne tower that she couldn't. Exactly. Yes. yes. Um, so, Josh comes back into the game. And then we set up for the next HOH competition, which is the Philip Frenzy. Mm-hmm. Yes. The old Philip Frenzy. You have to run back and forth, fill up a uh, Gatorade bottle... Um, that has a sponge in it with water. First person to be able to fish out their sponge, ding the bell, wins, um, wins the HOH. Mm -hmm. Now, we had to change the layout a little bit just to space people out a little bit more because of COVID. So that we kind of arranged people around the table that was around the center as opposed to having them run back and forth in a straight line. Yeah, and I think because of that, it made the, the their run... They didn't have to run as far. Yes. In, so in it this was, version. So it was a little bit shorter than usual. Yeah. 
So, um, we get ready, we get set, go. In our minds, we were like, oh, you had said, Josh, or like Ashley, is probably going to win this one. Yeah, well, Owen was sitting out, um, I was like, Noah's tall, but Josh is super athletic, Ashley is too, so, and, um, we said go, and they started filling, and Josh and Ashley had a a pretty formidable lead above everybody else. Yeah, oh, even Jenna, though. I remember you calling Jenna's name over and over again as you were telling everyone the leaderboard. Even, yeah, even Jenna was up there. You're right. Yeah, and so you're. it's like all we hear are Josh, Jenna, Ashley, Josh, Jenna, Ashley, Josh, Jenna, Ashley, and then Noah hits the bell. And we were like, wait, what? And I look at the bot, and I look at his bottle compared to everybody else's, and it's not—it's not as full as everybody else's. But Noah is super tall and slender, and he has these long, slender fingers, and he just fished it out, just fished it out, just like that. And I checked the tapes because we told people that when you're when you're going for your sponge, you can't tilt or angle the bottle; it has to stay totally flat on the table. And I checked the tapes, and he followed the rules totally. So, um. It was a fair and square win out of nowhere. Noah came from behind and won his second HOH. Yep. And so this is where things get a little interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is where we start to notice that the 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 one-on-one talks and the campaigning has has really begun. Yes. This is uh is very reminiscent for like from like Deep Freeze like the day 2 vibe really kicks in right away. Very much so. So we find Josh um, Noah pulls Josh aside and goes, hey, I'm going to put you up, but, like, I want you to stay this week. We need to break up Jenna, Melody, and Owen because those, th- like, if those three make it to the end together, they're going to win. No- and Noah's going to be the one that gets fucked over because of it. Yeah. So, uh, Noah pulls in Ashley and essentially tells her the same thing, like, hey... We're going to try to keep Josh this week. We'll get rid of... We'll get rid Like, like I have a plan, right? So, um, essentially, Noah's plan is to have uh, Josh on the block, but hopefully... Josh on the block with Owen, and hopefully Josh will win the power of veto. And then if Josh wins the power of veto and gets a vote, this is the last round that Noah can use the uh, coupon that he found, which gives him the power... To double someone's vote. Yes. He wants to give this power to Josh so that Josh will vote twice and and send someone home. And then he can blame Josh for that person going home, essentially. This is so devious. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Um, Now, I remind Melody that this is also her last round that she can use... um, her coupon that she got for being the first person to arrive. Yes. Um, but, um, anyway, so, so yes, so Noah does his nominations and it's Josh and Owen. Mm -hmm. And so this is when I tell, uh, Melody, you know, this is your last opportunity to use your coupon. And she's like, oh, but I'm not on the block and I, it, I, I don't really need to use it. And, and so I'm like, and so I tell her. You know, so don't use it if you don't need to, and then just hang on to it, and if you make it to the final two, that's something that you can brag to the jury about, that you had this special power all the whole time, and you didn't even need to use it. That could be pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly. So she, so she's like, oh, okay, f- fine. Yeah. So, um, Melody doesn't use her power, and then we move in to the, 
um, veto competition, which is Otev's Cupcake Catastrophe. Yes. So it's the classic Otev competition. This time we have people's names written on the backs of cupcake wrappers. Yes. Um, which were kind of a bitch because they were blowing in the wind everywhere Ugh. and it was just kind of a pain in the ass, <laughs> but was fine. Um, and so this competition, um, we had a little hiccup in it because, uh, Owen didn't return one of the answers, the wrong answers back to the pile. But in the end, it comes down to Melody and Josh in the final round. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I was like, Noah's plan hinges on Josh winning this veto and we we play the final question, and Josh wins the power veto. Yeah, just like, like he's back in the competition, and he's already on a roll. He won Otev, pretty impressive. Uh-huh. And so um, uh, Noah's plan can be set into motion. So obviously Josh uses the power veto on himself. Mm-hmm. And um, I was surprised about this, because I thought um, it for Noah to, for Noah to fully, like, um, successfully stab his... Fatal Foursome Alliance. Uh-huh. Um, he would. I thought he was going to put up somebody else from that alliance, like Melody or Jenna. Mm-hmm. But instead, he puts up Ashley. Yes, and I think his his mo- his like his thought process was that he wasn't going to outwardly backstab them. He wanted to put the blame on Josh. Um, but the thing was, is that what, uh, once Josh used the power veto on himself, and Ash he put up Ashley as the replacement, he went and talked to Jenna. And said like, "Hey, we're gonna vote like we're vote we're gonna vote out Owen. He's a danger to us. He's too good at stuff. Let's just keep Ashley and get rid of Owen." And this is where this is where the like the cracks form. Yes, because it was almost like a test as well. No one knew that with Josh, if Josh didn't backstab him, if Josh voted using his coupon, that was two votes. If Jenna and Melody backstabbed him, that's two votes. It's a tie. He still has the power. So Owen's dead anyway. Owen's absolutely dead at this point. And Jenna, her her game and her her saving face to everyone hangs in the balance of whether she does what Noah says or doesn't. Right. Now, she doesn't know about the coupon, so she essentially goes to Melody and is like, Noah's Noah dead. wants us to vote out Owen, but we're just going to vote out Ashley. And, we'll, and so... So, the vote comes around, and Melody and Jenna vote for Ashley, and Josh uses the coupon, and double votes for Owen. That means it is a 2-2 tie, and Noah has to stand up and decide whether he's voting out Ashley or Owen, and he decides to, like, go through with it, and he votes out Owen. Which was, I, like, I told people, I was like, I know day one seemed to be kind of tame, but just wait for day two because shit is going to hit the fan no matter what. And boom, first round of day two, it's already crazy. Yeah. And this was interesting. So I asked, I remember I asked Owen, because um, when Noah nominated him at the start of the round, he was like, you know, this is because you put me up. Actually, Owen put him up twice. Yeah, exactly. So Noah was like, I know we're in an alliance, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you've put you've nominated me twice, so I'm just returning the favor and putting you up. Yeah. That was, like, he, th- I, like, that's what Noah put out as, like, the heir. Mm-hmm. But um, I know, but, like, Owen and Noah had this thing. They had gay alliance. But... Uh, Owen told me, he was like, as soon as Noah put me up, I knew some, something was up, something uh, was wrong. Um, and, I mean, sometimes trust your intu- intuition, right? Exactly. So, Owen is shockingly evicted and comes in sixth. 
Yep. And so now, it, I mean, after, I mean, Noah said it, he was like, that's very interesting that it's a tie vote, considering I had a conversation that it wouldn't be. So now, Jenna's ass is hanging out along and with Melody's. Ashley and Josh are kind of just, like, there. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Noah, who can't play in the next HOH competition, so it's vital that Josh and Ashley, one of them wins HOH. Mm-hmm. So the next HOH competition is Switchboard Station. Um, it's the peg competition that we just premiered on No Exit. This was a revamp of it. Um, and so you essentially had to put colored pegs in the right slots um, that matched what was on the television. In the first round, um, there are two heats, and whoever gets the most pegs in in 90 seconds moves on. And then in the final round, it's whoever finishes their panel completely yes. wins. So the first heat, it was Ashley versus Josh. Which was, once again, picked randomly out of a hat and couldn't have been worse, right? I know. But, and Ashley beat him quite handily. It was like 26 to 20. 22 or 20. 20 to 20. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so Ashley beat him pretty badly. And then the second heat was Melody versus Jenna. And this was a tie. And so we were like, well, now what do we do? So we are like, um, we'll give him... 30 more seconds. Yes. And just to see who can do more. And Melody beat Jenna by, by one, one yeah. in the tiebreaker. So Melody moved on to the final round. So the so the finals, it was between Melody and Ashley. Um, and in the end, Ashley won with all 60 of her pegs in to uh, Melody's 43. Yeah, Ash- Ashley was really good at this comp. Yeah, yeah. She was really good at all the color, the color competitions. Yeah. Um, so Ashley wins HOH. Very good sign for Noah mm-hmm. on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> so what Noah doesn't know is that Ashley and Josh have had an alliance since the beginning of the game. Yes, and I forgot about this. So like a month before Big, so pick. T- we'll take you back about a month or so before this season was going to start. Um, Pez had this. Nickel Nine commercial shoot that he was shooting, and he asked a bunch of his friends to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- uh, I was there. Kevin was there. Um, a couple of alumni, Barb. Um, and then Dahlia was there, so she brought Josh. Yes, and da- Dahlia and Josh was there. And Ashley was there. And we were like, oh, Ashley and Josh are going to be on season seven together. And that's... So there... So, um... And that's the thing. So we had plenty of time to catch up and to talk and actually Josh introduce themselves to each other, but we did not tell, uh, or they didn't tell each other. And one thing, and they didn't talk to each other outside of uh, all of us having conversations about like TLC programs. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't talk about Big Brother once together because Ashley was working the commercial event essentially, and then Josh was like with the rest of us as like we were extras. just we were just the extras. Yeah. So. So it was very interesting that they didn't talk at all. And even when Ashley left, she said something to Aton and I about seeing us in two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or in a month. And and I don't think... I think that's when it clued into Josh that she might be playing. But they didn't talk outside of that. But they had enough of a resemblance. Like, they remembered each other. Yeah. So that when they saw each other here on the first day, they were like, oh... I know you. Let's work together. Yes. But beyond that, I don't think that they were just, that was it. Because he wasn't around long enough, and they weren't in the position to do it. They they, they were the two nominees on week one, so it's not like they could have had any time to work anything out. Exactly. But now that he's back in the game. Yeah. So, Ashley tells Josh, like, hey, 
I think we should backdoor Noah this week. He's too good. Um, he now he he burns. I feel like he he kind of burned his bridge with Melody and Jenna, but. Um, I think people can clearly tell that he's he's playing hard. Yeah. And Ashley and Josh are in a good position at this point being like, I think we're better at comps than Jenna and Melody. Mm-hmm. I think we are. And so, as long as it's the two of us that we just keep winning stuff, we just, like, especially after this week, it doesn't even matter if Jenna or Melody wins the next HOH competition, as long as one of us wins the veto. Yeah. It yeah. was it, we, They were in that position. And at this point, it was kind of obvious that... Melody wasn't great at mental comps, and Jenna also. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna Jenna was hit was slightly better yeah. at mental comps. So, um, so they so Ashley puts up Jenna and Melody as the two people who tried to evict her the previous round. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. So um, then we move on to the veto competition, which is called a uh, uh, family photo finish. So there's all these face morphs of the house guest's heads on top of, like, old, retro, embarrassing family photos. And you have to figure out which placard goes with the house guests that are specifically in that family photo. But the answer can also be none of the above. Mm -hmm. So we go through this comp, and Josh is leading for the first part, and then Noah ties with him going into the last question. And in the last question... Noah gets it right, Josh gets it wrong, and Noah wins the power of veto. And nobody claps for him. <laughs> and he notices this, and it's kind of like, that's that's a little weird. And that's the thing. He didn't even think about this, and I had to tell him after the season was done. He goes, it's weird no one clapped for me um, after when, when I won that veto. And I was like, yeah, because they were trying to backdoor you. Yeah, they were, they, like, the plan was to backdoor uh... you that round. And you winning the veto stopped that yeah. from happening. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been crazy. Yeah, I would have been, like, to have Owen and Noah go back to back would have been crazy. Crazy. So, Noah wins the power of veto, and he essentially could get rid of Josh at this point if he used it. But he has burned the bridge with Jenna and Melody to, I don't think it's repairable at this point. Yeah. So, why use it? He doesn't use the veto, and Jenna and Melody stay on the block. They essentially, I think, get, decide to get rid of Jenna because she is better at comps. I think so. And also, well, when Noah came in to vote, he like he was like, I never, th- he's, I remember this. He was like, I never thought in a million years or at the start of this game that I would ever be saying this, but you lied to me last round, and for that reason, I'm voting to evict Jenna. And I was like, ooh. And also, you said that you thought that Jenna was more liked by the jury as well, yes, right? Yes, I know she she definitely, uh, well, liked as in like, they praised her game. They praised her, yeah. I think, um, I know, I know, Kay- well, <laughs> the night before when Kaylee was pretty trashed, she was, I, I kept having to stop her from talking game with Jenna, who was still in the game. Uh, and because Kaylee was like, I... Jenna, like, I think you're you're doing such a good job. Like, I'm gonna vote for you. And I was like, hey, stop talking game. Get out of here. <laughs> so, um, I so I felt like a lot of the jury really liked Jenna's game, and she definitely had a shot at winning. So I think that's what they wanted to nip that, nip that in the bud. Yeah. So Jenna is voted out two zero. Uh, Noah and Josh uh, are the deciding votes, mm-hmm. and then we move on to the final four HOH, which is before or after. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a series of questions about uh, events that have happened in the house, and you get a point for each correct answer you give. Um, this one was one that showed that it was weird. Like um, I always say that it's funny that when people are bad at before or after, but are good at the final H, uh, final veto, or vice versa. 
Josh ended up being one that was horrible, but he was also gone half of the game, so... But it's weird because he won Otev. Like, he knew facts about the game, but um, just with with the whole before or after... I know, they were very hard questions. I'll give him that. True. But it just... It was not Josh's game to win. Yeah. So Josh gets, like, two out of seven. Um, uh, Melody gets, like, five... Four, 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 or five. four or five out of seven. And Noah wins with six out of seven. Yeah, and Noah's just... On a roll with the comps, like well, yeah. people. Someone pointed out he had won a he'd won a competition every round of day two, so far. Yeah. So Noah wins, and essentially everyone's kind of on a different page at this point, except for Ashley and Josh. Um, Josh and Ashley are going to evict Melody no matter what. Because at this point, they fully solidified a final two. Josh and Ashley had made a final two, and that's what, and they were going to honor that deal, the two of them. Yes. Noah, I think, um, he, if he had won the final veto, I don't, he left Melody off the block when he nominated them, because the nominations were irrelevant this round. But I don't know if he would have trusted Melody to get rid of Josh. I guess so. Because Melody was also coming for Josh slightly. Melly would have voted out Josh. Oh uh, yeah, sure. absolutely. And she was coming for him when they were like sitting in the backyard. When he was, she was like, "I'm so happy you're doing so well. You know, you sat out half the game. You're doing so well." Like it was like, "Oh my god!" And we girl. were like, "And we were like," and I made a comment like, "Oh damn!" Like a Melody is reading Josh, and she tried to be like, "No, no, no, no. That's the that's the game I would want to have to be like chilling it out for half the game and then coming in and doing well." And I'm like, "You are reading him. You are reading him." But um, so, I don't know. It was funny. So I think in if Noah had won the final veto, he wanted to he, he would have kept um, Melody off the block and she would have voted out Josh and if um yeah so the, the, that's essentially and if uh, and Melody I guess it was the same way but Noah telling her this probably she probably would have taken it with a grain of salt because she Noah's really couldn't because Noah's a big fat liar yeah essentially <laughs> at this point so um so the pa- final power of veto competition comes around and it is the veto vault yes a classic I love it it's it's um so we have a um we have a um, a box that you need to unlock and a bunch of facts about the game and cards with everybody's names on them. And you have to put the names of the people sandwiched in between the two facts that apply to them. Exactly. So um, we get uh, everyone to come in one at a time to do it. Um, and Josh goes first, Josh I believe. First, yeah. Um, and slays it. Yeah. Like, um, ends up with the fastest time faster than any previous season even season one which is which which held the record prior to this so so josh completely slays it and then melody and ashley come in and really struggle with it um we essentially kind of really help them around the end well once once they were guaranteed to have not won it we kind of started to help them around the eight and a half minute mark i start to be like does this make sense does that make sense? And so I kind of, just so that they don't get a do not finish on their record, I I, I guide them into finishing. Fair. Noah comes in last and essentially states that he wants to throw it. Yeah. Really and it's not. funny because he does want Josh gone, but um, I guess he just didn't want to get any more blood on his hands. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. And so, naturally though, once the competition starts and he starts to do it, he, he can't help himself. I've been there. <laughs> and yeah, so he's he comes in stating that he wants to throw it. He doesn't want to win this. He doesn't want to 
call any more shots for this round. But, yeah, the, the time starts, and he's doing really well. <laughs> and I'm like, you might just win this by accident. Like, <laughs> So, um, in the end, Josh wins the final power of Vito with, like, a time of, like, 2.11. That's crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Or not 2.11. It was, I feel like it's even Too lower than that. Even lower? You know what? I want to see. Let me just check my little records here. Josh wins it. 227. Mm. So, yes. So, that's the fastest time. I believe 234 was the previous record. Um, and so, with that, Melody's fate is sealed, and he keeps Ashley and votes Melody out of the game. Melody did do a good job at trying to plead and say that, like, the jury didn't like her. At least that's, that's, that's the angle she was sort of trucking. Um, and, but, but I don't think Josh could have trusted her taking him to the end, even with Noah there as, like, probably the person that was, like, had the biggest target on their back. But, yeah, like, he, I, he made the right call because Melody was not going to take him to final two and Ashley was. So, exactly. So, um, that leaves us with three. Ashley, Josh, and Noah are the final three this season. Ironically, the three people who all touched the block week one. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, so, like, like, this is one of the most unpredictable seasons. Well, uh, day two is one of the most unpredictable day, day twos of, of all time, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so, uh, they, uh, I take the ghosts and, uh, Pez, Dahlia, and Dennis join us. I take everyone uh, to the park yep. to talk about the game. We do the round table. Uh, you give me the list of uh, questions for the jury's final words. Um, yeah, and it's a very interesting. Um, it's a very interesting talk with the jury because, t in my mind, um, I've I like Noah's game really blew me away. He was just like. It, it, it was a little, like, it went from shifty to, like, downright, like, outright, just, like, evil mastermind, kind of. But, like, he stood by it, and I really, like, I, re I respect that. He was he was winning a crap ton of competitions, and he was really calling the shots, and he wasn't afraid to make big moves. Um, but it was very interesting. A lot of the jury were being very kind of, like... Um, bit, I don't know about bitter, but they were kind of like, you know, Noah, like, really, like, crossed some lines, not crossed some lines, but, like, Rub rubbed some people the wrong way with just how kind of, like, aggressive and, and, uh, shady and kind of a little mistrustful he was. And so, um, Melody was kind of the most outspoken with, with her opinion that it might not, like, he didn't have to be that way. Be that way. Um, but I feel like Jenna was the person who was the loudest in being, like, respect to ah. that. Yeah, so Melody was the kind of the biggest critic of Noah's game, and Jenna was kind of the loudest supporter of his game, nice. which was interesting. Um, with Ashley, um, I think Owen was a big cheerleader for Ashley, and um, some people like Kaylee and Corey as well were very, like, you know, Ashley's game was very low-key, um, no, like, she wasn't in the big foursome, but she kind of, but she, she didn't really talk to the three people from the Big Brother group that much. She was very just kind of very positive and very fun to be around. We forgot to mention that she got the silly outfit of the season. She's she was Scuba Steve. Oh uh, yes, and um, it was just like a great heartwarming moment when she she took a shot of vodka out of Scuba Steve's snorkel, and it was just like a really fun moment. So Ashley was very lighthearted, super fun to be around. You know, was was she calling big shots? Some people weren't so sure of that, but Owen 
was like, don't sleep on her game and don't underestimate her. Because she's, because she was on the block week one and she's here now. So. Exactly. And with Josh, um, it's, it's, he formed a bond with Corey, Karen, and Kaylee, the three people on the jury with him day one. They were like, yo, he can't, like, he came back with a game plan. He stuck to it. He dismantled the foursome successfully. Um, he won the comps when he needed to. And we like he like he was quiet, but but was super clutch. And so a lot of people really um, th- th- those were his cheerleaders, really. <laughs> so um, meanwhile, back at the house, uh, I'm going through part one of the final HOH with everybody. It's called Total Rerun, and um, it is the gauntlet style uh, competition that we introduced in season six of a bunch of competitions from the season all melded into one. You had to do the frisbee toss. You had to do the fill-up. You had to do the the peg uh, thing from Switchboard Station. You had to do the maze. You had to do... Um, and you also had to do some other stuff about the order in which people were evicted. Find the names for Otev. So this is a good one, and especially for people... I always remember thinking this on Season 6 with Andrew... He got to do a bunch of comps that he missed because he was gone. And this was the same for Josh. Josh got to do a couple things he didn't even get to play in. The rolling the marble in the maze, throwing the frisbee. Like, th- there were there were a bunch of things where he got to finally do them after mm-hmm. not being able to. So it was really fun to watch. Um, so that one was, was very interesting to watch. I knew it was going to come down to Josh and Noah. But uh, Josh edged him out in that one. And one part one, so securing him in part two, or part three. Part two was called Words from Our Sponsors. And so for this one, there was a, on the TV screen were a bunch of uh, framed boxes, each with three words inside them. Now, these three words were buzzwords that had to do with a competition specifically. And so then you had all the competition names in front of you, and you had to match the competition to the buzzword on the, the buzzwords on the screen. Um, what was interesting about this was that I always do this um, right before part one starts is I ask the competitor, who are you taking to the final two? Because I, I just like want to know, especially because I could be completely out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was gagged on season six when Abby was like, I'm putting out Jackie. I was like, <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> um, so Josh came out and he said, I'm going to vote out Noah. I mean, obviously he's been calling all the shots. He's like the strong person in the game. And I have an alliance with Ashley. And Ashley came out and said the same thing. And I was like, oh, like, I guess, I don't know. I guess Noah really just backed himself into this corner. Um, and he's not as good with Ashley as she's maybe having him believe. Or he, maybe, I don't know, he even knew that he was in this sort of perilous situation. So I knew that a lot hedged on whether, uh, which one of them won part two. So, and that's the thing. Noah had been obviously much better at mental competitions up to this point. So Noah went first. Um, I told him that you have to, it's about getting more of them right, and then it's about your time. So be accurate. So he goes. He's a little hesitant about a couple, but ultimately, in the end, dedu- like does his you know, deduction skills, figures it out. Ashley comes down and is just like so quick. And that's the thing. She's quick and right. It was so weird. It's like this was the one thing that she had prepared for in her head and just bam, 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 locked it in. And she was, there was no question, it was, she was a full minute faster than Noah. And just like that, I knew in my heart that I was like, it's over. Noah's game is over, just like that. And I, I was like, I don't know if that's happened before, where, 
like, I guess on season three with, like, Carly and Brandon, like, they were going to vote out Rich. Like, it, that, it was, like, having a strong... But Rich hadn't even looked like that strong of a physical competitor, like a comp beast. Right. This was, like, Noah was the comp beast that, like, somehow failed everything. Like, yeah. it's very weird. So, yeah. so, Josh and Ashley go into part three, the jury's final words, and... Um, I apparently did a very good job at creating decoy questions. Yes, you did. You threw them quite quite a few amount of times. <laughs> so, in the end, it comes down to three uh, out of six to two out of six. And Josh wins the final head of household competition. His first, and actually his first one of the season. Just, just like season six, Jackie was the, or only HOH win was the final HOH. Yeah. And so, Josh stands up there and... Definitely made the right call. He was like, he's going to follow through on his final two deal with Ashley that he'd made. And also, Noah was the strongest competitor. And it would be uh, quite a big mistake to not take him out when he had the chance. And so, he voted out Noah. Exactly. And that's the funny story. As Josh is standing making his speech... Uh, we had not told anybody. Like, I think the jury knew to stay outside, but no one else did. So I'm sitting there, and all I hear is the door start to open. And I look over, and it's Dahlia. And she sees that I'm kind of like, what the fuck? And she's like, it's just me. <laughs> and then she hears Josh's voice being like, I choose to evict. And she's just like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, girl. I was yeah, like, there he you did go. It. He, he did, did it. it. He did it. Um, so... Josh votes out Noah, thus setting up our final two of Josh and Ashley. The two that were on the block week one. (laughs) Now the final two. Unheard of. Yes. That is quite crazy and very, very, very interesting. So, that's the thing. That was, like, getting rid of Noah was heartbreaking. I I think I wanted him to win at that point, too, just with how he played the game. Yeah. But we've seen this before. We saw it with Aaron. Uh, On season one, people saw it with Nick. Like, this happens. Plenty of plenty of people that plenty of front runners have just messed up the final HOH and got voted out. It's happened. It happened to Janelle twice. Yep. Yeah, and like we said, it happened to Aaron. It happened to Noah. It happened to Nick. It happens. Um. So with these two, it really could have gone either way. It was really a close call. Yeah. Um. The 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 fi- like it was a, the um the final speeches with the two of them. It was um. It was very kind of, like, on trend with just how the season was in general. Um, everyone got along really well. Um, and so it was a very amiable, fi- like, final two. Josh just wanted to talk about... Like, Josh's angle was, you know, he was, the, he was the first person voted out. And he came back with a bang. Completely different player. He won competitions. He made moves. He got Noah out. He got Owen out. Um... Made it made a final two deal with Ashley and managed to solidify that. And it was just sort of like he tugged at the heartstrings, you know. Is he like, all my life I've gotten um, participation participation medals, and I just want the real thing this time. And it's just like good for him. Like yeah. I, I don't know, he he communicated his points really really well. And um, yeah, I thought he did a good job. I thought he did a good job as well. I think uh, I think there could have been a bit more. Uh, that's the thing. The final two, like you said, it was very. Very friendly and very... So, it, it was like, there could have been a little bit more passion, I think, from both sides. Um, but I think that Josh did communicate his points better. Because with Ashley, the issue was, is that she like she stated that there were multiple big moves that she wanted to make. But she ultimately couldn't make them because things fell through. 
she didn't really talk about how she was, po- if Noah had stayed on the block week one, she probably would have been the person that was evicted. And then from there, she was, she managed to blend in and not make herself the target for, for the, for the next couple rounds. And then when she was on the block, she did win the veto. And then when Noah voted out Owen, she won the next HOH to secure that so safety. So there like, were things that she could have talked about. But she just kind of said that, like, I didn't really, ha- I couldn't make any of my big moves. And then that was it. And it was like, no, like... We always say, like, you have to just, without putting the other person down, you have to spin your journey into something that people want to hear and can, and can really, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I get behind. Like, I can, yeah, you just got to paint a pretty picture of your journey on the, on, on the show. And that's the thing. It can be with anyone. A lot of people, it's when, like, on Deep Freeze, when, when I was upstairs and I was listening to everyone be like, oh, if Clover makes the final, she's going to have such a good journey to talk about. When on paper, it was like, but she's been nominated every week. How's that a journey? It's like, that's a great journey. If you, like, if you spin that the right way, being like, I was on the block every week and you never Here thought I about am. voting me out. Yeah. And, so, like, you can have the most unimpressive journey, but, like, you can sp- just spin it. Spin it. Spin it, spin it, spin it. Yeah. And so, in that, like, that was, I was thinking about, I, this was one of the few seasons that I actually didn't get a vote because everybody was still there at the end of day two. But I was trying to think about what, what, if I were a juror, how I would have voted. And I think I I personally would have leaned towards voting for Josh. And just, I remember Karen specifically, her, Karen's question was specifically for Ashley. And it was, what big move, like, you know, you were this great social person, you made us laugh. We loved having you around. But what big moves did you make in this game strategically? And Ashley's answer was literally, I didn't make that many big moves. And it was more of like a slow and steady journey kind of thing. But the words that came out of her mouth were, I didn't make any big moves. And I that that would have lost me mm. as a juror. So, but I don't want to shit on Ashley because, like, she did a she did a great job, and it, it was w- too close to call. Exactly, and so that's the thing. When it came down to the vote, and I remember being in the kitchen, um, Corey came down, Kaylee came down, Karen came down. They all voted. Owen came down, and Owen struggled. He he sat there for a couple seconds, like thirty seconds, and was like, "I'm not sure who I'm voting for." He sat there with a the pen in his hand and just thought and thought and thought. So that was a real toss up for him. And then, and then the others voted, and um, I knew that there was a good chance that everyone in the early half had voted for Josh, um, but that the end half had probably voted for Ashley. And so I thought, you know, if it ends, I always think that if it's if if the vote is going to end early. I would rather it end with the people that were there the longest. So that's when I decided to start doing the reverse order thing. Right. Which we started in six and have carried forward. So Noah voted for Ashley, which he said because he couldn't vote for somebody who had missed half, half the game. The game. Mm-hmm. Melody had voted for Ashley. I, I I think kind of for the same reason. Also, she wanted a girl to win. She wanted a girl to win? Yeah. Jenna voted for Josh, and I was pretty shocked. Yeah, that was kind of the shock vote of the season, and it was because we'd asked her afterwards. She said, I knew I was going to vote for Josh if he made it to the end, because day one, day one round one, I said, that's the guy that's going to win this game if we don't get him out, and then he came back and did it, so... Fair. Yeah. Um, 
And then Owen decided ultimately to vote for Ashley, which isn't super, which is surprising given, like, you know, him having struggles around it. But you had said at the park he was a bit a big advocate for her. So yes. that makes sense that he ultimately chose her. So Kaylee then voted for Josh, Karen, Josh. So after a tie vote, it came down to Corey and Josh's. Josh's relationship with those first few jury members ultimately paid off, and Corey voted for Josh. So, by a vote of four to three, Josh was the winner of season seven of Backyard Big Brother. That was crazy. From first voted out to winner of the season. And it's crazy because Dahlia was, and that's when they revealed that Dahlia, who'd been there the whole time watching the whole season and was the reigning champ, was Josh's girlfriend the whole time, which was, it was pretty crazy. And uh, I know Dahlia was super proud of him. And that's the thing. Dahlia, um, on her first season, was voted out first and then later became a winner. And Josh did all of that in one season. It was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you always say that. Like, yeah, she, 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 he experienced so many things that she did. Yeah. Like, like they both did the tower competition. They've both won an OTEV competition. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they, like, they were both there a week that, like, a, a weird power disrupted the game like it was it's so many things. they both won the final veto competition on the season that they won yeah um, they both won the final hoh on the season one it was very weird that how, how similar of a journey they had yeah um so josh won and that's the thing he did a great job like his resume in the second half of the season if you carried that over to the first half of the season had he not been voted out it was like, it, there would have been no question oh, whatsoever. Yeah. He won one HOH and two vetoes in a, in four rounds. Exactly, yeah. And was never on the block. Never. Yeah. He never ended on the block after he came back. He was yeah. always safe to vote. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Josh really, like, was a different player when he came back for day two. And I think, um, yeah, you can definitely, like, he's an advocate for, like, you can, you know, you can come back from the ashes and rise like a phoenix yes. and win. So. And, all, and, and he's the prime example of making sure that you don't, like, you know, you and the jury might be out, but, like, they're half the vote. Yep. Like, you guys, like, get together, work together, compare notes. Yeah. Because why do you, unless you don't really like the person, one of the people that's there, and you don't want them to have an advantage going back to the game, it's like, why be so quiet and have that person at a disadvantage, not aware of maybe all the lies they've been told up until that totally. point. And I just realized, so Josh is our third comeback player mm-hmm. to win the game. And I realized the comeback player, if they make final two, they win Every single time. Every single time, yeah. And it's maybe because they made those bonds with the jury. Mm-hmm. So don't let the comeback person make it to final two, because they're, they've, they're three for three in winning. Yep. Um, so, just our final wrap-up. Uh, what was your favorite competition this season? Ooh. Um, if I were to go with something new... Um, I liked the family photo finish. Ah. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, it, like, it was funny just with all of the, like, weird, cheesy, um, family photos that you found and then superimposing their faces on them was really fun. And just, like, the, how the mechanics of the, the quiz of it worked really, really well. Nice. So, I, I would go with that one. What about you? Uh, I think, it was on the boob tube. I think, because that competition was just more than the competition, it had clues to where other things were were and it was just, they were 
were just like so fun to make. Yeah. And and I thought I and I really felt like they I don't know, they they just made me happy. So I really liked that competition. And I like that a lot of people did well at that competition as well. So I'd say on the boob tube was my favorite. Um, I also like words from our sponsors, the final part two of the final oh, yeah. I liked that one because like the, the competition cards and like coming up with like like very mysterious words that had to do with each competition to try to throw people off. So I like that one as well. Totally. And what was your favorite moment? Uh, my favorite moment. Um, now I, I would probably say now, sadly, this is at the expense of Owen, but I mean, that tie vote because of the power used is one of the craziest moments, like uh, definitely of the season. And it's up there just in crazy moments in general. Yeah, for sure. What, what would you say? Um, I mean, it was really the defining moment of the series. Like, it was so, um, it was like, it was the burst of excitement that everyone needed. Totally. Thing, and yeah. it just, like, changed the the, the direction Direction. of the game completely. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, who is our PFP, our production's favorite player? Um, now there are a lot of people that I could choose from. Um, Ashley could definitely be a choice just because she was so positive fun to have around in, like, kind of the spirit of the season. But I think production's favorite player, I'm actually going to go with Noah. I think he played an outstanding game for a newbie. Um, Like, really made big moves. Like, was the one to go after his own alliance and shake things up. And, um, and he was just kind of, like, sassy and, and, and funny and, um... Uh, I told Noah after the after the game ended that I was like, dude, you really like you're a, you're really good at this game. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Noah. For yeah. That. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, it's like he was the one who made all the big moves the, to get yourself off the block week one and really just kind of have like an uh, like a make things like a good journey for yourself is quite strong. And that's the thing. He was super clutch on day two with the exception of that final three HOH because it was like once he got all that blood on his hands, top six, it was like he had to win top five and four. He could, the thing, he could have come in fifth, but he managed to come in third because he managed to win the comps that he needed to up until a certain point. But the thing, at a certain point, you get fatigued or your luck runs out kind of thing. So, so, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. So, all in all, I think a really good season. It was definitely such a shocking ending and just, like, very, very unique. I don't know if anything like this will ever happen again. Yeah. Um, it was just so satisfying because it almost didn't even happen. Exactly. I was, we were right on the edge of canceling the season in general. So we were just, we were so thankful that we were able to do it and so thankful that the players showed up and had a good time and were... Um, and uh, really just made it special. Yeah, and it's so nice to get new players and to have those, you know, all these people to play in a future season. Uh, you know, we love doing veteran seasons and we love doing different shows like The Mole and other stuff that might be coming your way. Um, so that's the thing. It's so nice that we're going to have this this pool to tap into and it, it makes things really exciting. It just makes us sort of yearn and want the next season to come. And ho- hopefully once all this COVID stuff gets back down again or just gets completely eradicated but that's it that's our discussion for season seven of backyard big brother thanks for listening and we'll hopefully be able to announce a future season uh, sometime in 2021 yeah